0: This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. All right, welcome back to Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt.
1: And I'm Kelsey.
0: And I am trying to act like I'm not really tired right now, but I am super tired right now. Um, we're gonna get through this though.
1: We definitely we're, are. We're
0: gonna do. I think whatever you have for me is gonna wake me up because you've been kind of prepping me for this for like a week <laughs> and a half now.
1: Because I can't stop talking about it. I had to call my mom while I was doing research this week. So mad that I couldn't continue doing research until I like talked her ear off for twenty minutes. <laughs> so I can't wait until you get on your soapbox today because it's, you're gonna okay.
0: Oh no, here we go. <laughs> Speaking of getting in my soapbox, before we try our delicious food that we have planned, I'll let you explain who it is. Um, it's it's local to you, so I think you, you deserve that one. Okay, uh, you awesome. You can have that one.
1: So um, we got pizza from the pizza place located at the Meadowbrook Mall here in the Clarksburg Bridgeport Meadowbrook area, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and they are the The first pizza I ever remember having. Like, I don't remember a time in my life where my favorite pizza wasn't what my mom always called mall pizza because it's the only place you could find it.
0: What's funny about this is I, this was not my first pizza. This was my first pizza that was not a chain after I moved to this area.
1: Okay. Because
0: when we moved up here, I was about 11 or 12. And obviously, when you're an 11 or 12-year-old kid, you want to go to the mall all the time. Right. And I remember having the pizza and just loving it. Yep. And we've never thought about doing this place before.
1: I. It's because it's so ingrained mm-hmm. as a place that exists. I don't even think about it. Um, Millie just had her first slice of mall pizza this week. That's
0: what made me want it. (laughs) So she sent me a picture of Millie just tearing up a piece of the mall pizza. And this morning we're talking about like all the places we've been wanting to try. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go get the the pizza from the mall.
1: I had to, I had to look it up and just confirm that they weren't a chain. And as far as I can tell, they're not. Um, they're just so ingrained in my nostalgia and my history that They just existed, and I didn't think about adding them.
0: Even if they are, I'm kind of fine with it. This is really good stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, this is really good.
1: So almost nowhere in the area does cup and char pepperoni, and if Mm -hmm. you guys don't know what I mean by that, it's the pepperoni that when you bake it, it kind of comes up because it's still got a skin on it, and it turns into a little cup filled with grease, Mm -hmm. and it's charred all around the outside, and it's just... It's such an experience.
0: It's a cup of magic. Uh, it's so, so good. good. It really is. And the best part about it is when they reheat it in their oven and then they yeah. hand it to you hot. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So we got two, two different kinds. We got just the old school, the way it should be, the cup and char. Pepperoni. And then we got one I've never tried from them, which is the veggie pizza. Have you had it?
1: No, I literally I said, Hey, what toppings do you have? And they started listing them. And I said, Can you just throw it together like a veggie pizza for me? hmm
0: Put all of it on there. Yeah. Okay, so which one do you want to start with?
1: Let's start with the veggie pizza because I don't know what it's gonna taste we like. We know
0: that we're gonna like the pepperoni one, so let's try the veggie one first. I agree.
1: Because you guys can't see it, it's a really nice thin crust pizza. Would you call it a New York style? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what this cheese is, but this is the cheese that's really popular in like the pizza in like cities.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's it's like a I guess it's like a super low moisture mozzarella or something like that. It's a blend. And it oh, is Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, provolone mozzarella something I like that. I think so.
1: And it's it's so good. It's a specific brand and I wish I could remember the name of it from my days as a food selling type it's human, good. but
0: it's so good. It's so it's like what you expect pizza cheese to taste like.
1: Mhm. And they have a really nice I don't want to say mild, but it's not too acidic mm-hmm. marinara. And this is just what I want a pizza to taste
0: like. I'm normally not friendly to veggie pizzas, that's actually really good. It's actually very good. I love veggie pizzas. It's the it's the so it's really weird. I love green bell pepper on a lot of stuff and in a lot of stuff, I don't like it on pizza normally. In in this case, they got it really, it's super thin. Yeah. It's like paper thin pieces. Like they ran it on a mandolin. Yeah, it's really thin and it's really good that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe it's like The thick crunch when it doesn't quite get done that I don't like on some pizzas, in this case, they know I can
1: see where that as a texture would be an issue.
0: Yep, absolutely. So now let's get to the one that we're going to lie and try to say, let's try this for the first time. Let's Let's give this this for the first time. I
1: haven't been eating it since I was like five. No, me either. Okay. So this pizza, still thin crust, still this amazing cheese, really great marinara, cup and char pepperoni. But the pepperoni does something to the cheese. That almost makes it like candy on top. Mm-hmm. It's such a good.
0: Mm. So the pepperoni itself has has a really unique flavor that I just I I. There are some cup and char places like in Morgantown that I absolutely love to go to, and the pepperoni from here just tastes better. Uh, it's just a really really good suit. It's very salty, which I love. Um, I it's, like the spice very spicy and it mm-hmm. just kind of hits you right in the um in the back of the throat and it, it just kind of lingers there and it just it's it's like the best pepperoni kiss that's ever existed. It's so good.
1: It is and honestly the pepperoni is so much better than the veggie and the mm-hmm. veggie was really good.
0: I'm the veggie gonna... is good.
1: I'm normally a veggie pizza person. Mm-hmm. I am. But oh my gosh. Yeah,
0: it's the so the crust like you said it is so chewy. It is mm-hmm. just so. It's so chewy. It's got some crunch to it. Sometimes the the cheese is just like it's just the, it's just there to complement the pepperoni and the sauce. It all works really well together. And yeah, texturally, flavor wise, I love it. They're, they. It's, I mean, if you yeah.
1: think about it, it's the only restaurant in that food court that mm-hmm. has been there since the beginning of That's time. Who made it, yeah, and has never. Changed. It's it's stayed. Yeah. It's been in the same spot.
0: I would say that one and so the, uh, the the Chinese place are the two that I remember the most. Those two mm-hmm. have never changed, and I love them for it. Like mm-hmm. everything else life. has changed. Like if you want to know what, like, because we like, I think we can safely say that we were raised. By like the mall generation, oh, like 100%. we were always at the mall. So if you ever, if if you youngins out there, all right, now that I'm an old man, if you youngins out there uh, want to know what it was like for us when we went to the mall, those two places, the Chinese place and the pizza. What's what's it actually called?
1: The pizza place. The
0: pizza place in the That's in literally the what of it's mall in in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Those are the two that you need to go try and you will get that experience of what life was like for us.
1: Yeah, so 100%. Like it's so sad because the mall, that's one of the only malls like still half alive mm-hmm. and it's slowly dying. We walked through it the other day and there's like four or five stores know, gone. An like,
0: now. And it used to be the one around here that was holding on the, the tightest and it's starting to lose some footing. So I, I honestly do see like 30 years from now, um, we walk in there and it's all empty and we're walking and then we smell something and, and it's still going to be the, the pizza place and the pizza place is still there with a line you know it's like and it's there's
1: always a line i called at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock today to order yeah. this pizza and they were like i just if you can just hold on for just a second we've got customers at the counter and of course yeah absolutely it's I'll no wait. big deal i'll wait
0: we got there to I'll pick wait. it up and we had to wait behind like six people to pick up a pizza that was already made mm-hmm. it was impressive uh, and they're, they're little square ones. Have you had those before? The It's pretty um, good. Maybe yeah. once,
1: but I, I, I prefer thin crust pizza myself. Me too. I,
0: li- I like both. It depends on where I'm going, but normally I go with the thin crust. Uh, Brittany, she likes their stuffed pizza. She I've never been it.
1: brave enough to try their stuffed pizza.
0: She gets it every time we go there. If we go there, that's what she gets. That was her thing as a child. That's her thing now. Um her mom is a breadaholic like me, mm. where we love bread. So when something has, like, extra bread, they'll take it every single time.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Okay. Go the pizza place. Uh, very, I mean, it's so good. I'll it it truly there. is.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it. This is probably the best thing we've ever had on here, Matt.
0: I'm not going to say that, because I get made fun of every time I do.
1: I'm so, going to say it.
0: Well, Yeah, you can have this one. And I will... Not my head.
1: It's the nostalgia points for Mm -hmm. me.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is is definitely the first cup and char pepperoni I ever had, pepperoni pizza. And for that, it always, always has a special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. Even if there are other pizza places where I try and I'm like, oh, I think this might be better. Every time I go back here, I'm like, no, this is always the best just because it's what I know.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is my childhood in a pizza.
0: Yep. And we will share some pictures of this. I highly recommend you get to this area. Go try this pizza. It's really good.
1: And one more thing, because I'm pretty sure no one did anything on our (laughs) Facebook page like they did for me, but if we could just all wish Matt a happy birthday.
0: Oh, I appreciate it. He
1: had a birthday this week. I
0: did. I did. I am old now, and I don't like it. There's a reason it wasn't called out on our Facebook page. It's gross. All right. All right.
1: All right, are we ready to get into main corpse today? I,
0: I don't know if I am or not, because you already told me I'm going to get on a soapbox. So let me kind of oh, get ready here. Okay, go I'm ahead. say
1: stretch out, get ready to get mm-hmm. on top of that soapbox. Get box. ready to get mad. This one's local. You always do the local stuff. I'm doing something local today. And we did this one because I asked my mom to start sending me stuff, and she, it's almost like she just had stuff ready for me. Mm-hmm. She sent me a list, and this was the first one that caught my eye. Okay. Let's talk about James Childers. Do you know who that is?
0: I know the name. Okay. I don't know where from. Um, I've definitely heard it before. I
1: can tell you it's from Clarksburg.
0: Okay. All right. But I, I don't, I yeah, I can't place um, a story to the name. So let's, let's do this. All right.
1: You're going to recognize it soon. James Childers grew up on a 96-acre farm in Copan, West Virginia. After leaving school, he moved to Clarksburg, where friends and acquaintances acquaintances described him as a friendly man who helped neighbors with chores and was often strolling around the city. On occasion, he got into, um, on one occasion, sorry, he got into a car accident. The responding officer, Officer Matheny, found that James didn't have his car insurance on him. And for those of you who aren't local to West Virginia, it's illegal to drive without proof of insurance. But he felt like James seemed like a really nice dude and told him, you know what, listen, If you can bring me proof of your insurance before I start my shift tomorrow at four, then I won't cite you for it and we'll add it to the um, incident report. So that's what he did. He arrived right at the beginning of Matheny's shift, showed his proof of insurance, and he didn't get cited. Matheny would then see James just in town, waved to him, moved on. He said he seemed like a really nice guy and gave... The impression that he was just, for the most part, unassuming. Um, James took up many odd jobs, mostly in construction or as a handyman. One of the men he worked for was a landlord named Cecil Ralph
0: Hill. So, super quick. Yes. Um, I will jump in and I'll say, I understand. I now know where this story is going. And I'll go ahead and get on my soapbox right now for just a second. I was fined 60 bucks for not having my proof of insurance (laughs) one time. And... That's BS. All right. And I want the Grafton city police to explain this to me that, uh, that this, that this dude got away with it when I couldn't, cause I tried to do the same thing. I was like, listen, I, I don't have it on me. This was before like the days of having it on the app when they had to send it to you. Yeah. And it was at my dad's house uh, because I was still on his insurance and I went and got it that day and tried to take it down there to get away with it. And they still gave me the ticket. <laughs> All right, so I understand now, and uh, great episode. Great All episode.
1: right, yeah, that that guy one time got away with that one thing, and that's the truest of crimes. All right, so in the 90s, um, James began showing signs of depression, began abusing both alcohol and drugs, and he at some point did undergo treatment for it, but, I mean, as one is one to do, he still did mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we're going to fast forward a little bit uh, to the years of 2004 through 2009. Clarksburg is suddenly experiencing a boom in problems with prostitution, drugs, arson, and murder.
0: About what year was this?
1: Between 2004 and 2009.
0: I I completely, I remember those times. I had a friend who lived not too far out of like downtown proper. We still have that rep. Yeah.
1: We still have that reputation and it's not nearly as bad as what it, it was, once was.
0: It was rough. Uh, my friend who lived right on the other side of town, uh, just, I mean, right out, literally as you're leaving downtown, uh, we used to see all sorts of crazy stuff in his little residential neighborhood. So, yeah.
1: I was talking about this specific case this week at work, and um, one of the people I work with was like, oh, yeah, that guy you're talking about totally lived in the same building as my father in law. And uh, my father-in-law is not going to tell the police anything because he thinks he might be considered um, an accomplice. (laughs) I was like, all right, that's exciting. What a life your father-in-law must live. Wow. Yeah.
0: Can we we anonymously do this? Um,
1: I asked. um, Just to um, be
0: safe? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I asked and he said... He would not be interested in coming on the show, and I said, you know what, that's probably fair. Um, so anyway, moving on, um, Matheny ran into Childers again during a knock and talk. He and Detective Mendez came and talked to Childers about harassing phone calls that he had been making and had been reported for, and he seemed to take it as well as one would, and they went ahead and left. So it was during a string of arsons that Matheny... Runs into Childers again. One of the most memorable cases, he said, is the case of Jim Childers. <sighs> Mid-June, 2009, a package is sent to the Harrison County Police Department. It goes to Ma- Officer Matheny's desk. I believe at this time he was Sergeant Matheny. Okay. Um, But don't quote me on that because I might be wrong. It contains a 90-minute audio recording and several handwritten letters. He starts reading the first couple of lines, and it goes something like, My name is James E. Childers. I burned down all those houses on Northcott. As soon as he sees that, he goes, You know what? Not my circus. Not my monkey. And sent it to Detective Mike Walsh, who at the time was the um, investigator for the arsons, and he just handed over the letter to him. It wasn't five minutes. Um, Detective Walsh comes back to his office and brought another significantly more seasoned detective, um, Dave Waggle, who asked Officer Matheny if he'd read the full letter, which he said, no, I read the first couple lines. It was, you know, 21 pages.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, seemed like it was more for you. Um, The letter went on to confess that James had murdered at least two women, one of which was part of an ongoing missing persons investigation. Her name was Carrie Lynn Baker. 26-year-old Carrie Lynn went missing in 2008, and the police were still trying to find leads as to what happened to her. In the letter, in the transcript of the um, of the actual audio tape, James says, We had her in a garbage bag, tied up with a white rope, with her hands and her feet, and a rope tied around her. Um, the top of the bag, we threw her over the hill, just barely, though. I mean, it's just over the hill. Then just enough where you couldn't see it. The other missing person was Carolyn Sourwine, who was an on-again, off-again girlfriend of Childers and at the time was also missing. The audio tape says, that 25 Jimenez, which I assume you know what that is. It's a gun, I think. Okay. um, That I had, I used that to kill Carolyn Sourwine with on Labor Day up there at our farm. You'll find her. She's on the logging road, on our land, up the hill, and as soon as you get to where it starts to go on steep up the hill, to the left, in a shallow grave, which, if you have cadaver dogs, there will be no trouble finding her. She'll be there. She had on gold and silver watch what and whatsoever, but she won't have her glasses on. I left her clothes on her. And he goes on to justify his actions, saying... That Carolyn Sourwine, she didn't ruin me. She ruined me. I'll put it like this. I felt like, yeah, she ruined me. And I'm gonna kill her. And it's just a matter of time. I'm gonna kill that bitch. When she's dead, it'll be me. He done it. You wanna know why? She ruined my life. The devil's in her life. He goes on to justify his actions with another of the women that he murdered saying, if she wouldn't have been a fucking prostitute downtown, which is the wrong thing to do any damn way because it ruins family, brings herpes home to the family. It's just a a nasty deal all the way around. She shouldn't have been doing that anyway. James didn't feel like he felt, he didn't feel like he belonged in this world. He felt in his own words, like a misfit. And he said that he felt that Carolyn didn't fit in either. And that's why that's why he shot her. And the first time he shot her, she said, James. And he says, I think it was like saying, James, thank you. Then I shot her again, and she was dead. Going on to say in his audio tapes that there's more crimes, but I'm not going to tell you all about them. But I will tell you four that I did. I've been killing these women for quite a while now.
0: Okay, so... First of all, my my question, and I I totally understand, like, I actually get the the first officer who got the letter and read the opening part of the letter where it Mm -hmm. said, I burned down the houses, and he said, okay, well, this is arson, so this goes to someone else, Mm -hmm. but he didn't read the rest of it? right away. I mean, that that's, when someone, like, to me, when someone says I'm burning down houses, and I've been burning down houses, like, that immediately would pique my interest to the point where I would need to keep reading, and I can't imagine, like, especially in a small town like this, thinking, oh, okay, well, that's, this is just Tuesday. This guy's burning all these houses down, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna move this on over to someone else. So, in this letter, he... Can, he Okay. All right. You can continue. I just... I'm kind of flabbergasted by that. But I kind of... At the same time, I kind of get it. Okay.
1: And I apologize. A whole lot of this research is just parts of the transcripts. Because yeah. I don't feel like I can tell this man's story better than he can tell his story. I, I
0: mean... Yeah. Okay.
1: In the tapes, he taunts the police, calling out several by name, mocking their intelligence. And at some point... He even um threatened the lives of a couple of different officers. Um saying that he could have um he could have killed them, talking about meeting up with them, talking to them, and how he had his gun and he could have ended them right there. No one would have been any wiser that it was him. Matheny didn't go on to give their names, which is probably I assume for their safety. Mm-hmm. Um But he said he wasn't included in it. Um, He says, I'm going to mention it. Don't worry about Mendez. He don't seem too bright. I mean, if he might be bright, I don't know. He doesn't seem like he's too swift. I'm going to send this to Mendez. I mean, Timothy Matheny. Because don't ask me why, but I always liked Timothy Matheny. I got in a wreck with my dad's car one time, and man, he treated me nice, and I always did like him. I don't know why. I ain't gay. I've had a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> I know. I Just some fellers you meet, you just like. And I liked him. And I'm going to make sure he gets this letter. And he's the smartest one, I think, probably out of the bunch. <laughs> I know. I included that just because it it's more telling, I think, <laughs> yeah, about him. It is. it to is. To feel the need to be like, I ain't gay, but.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's... Uh... Yeah, that's really telling that that just this guy, this guy comes across as just being he's a sociopath. It sounds like uh, to me, very narcissistic, uh, like very, very narcissistic, like I'm I'm smarter, I'm more intelligent, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm better than you. So your life is not as important as mine is. And that's, you know, that's why he would feel perfectly okay with murdering someone he said is a prostitute or burning down houses yeah uh yeah so well he'd taken a
1: shining to Matheny and wanted him to handle this investigation specifically um on the tape he includes the names of potential victims who he did plan on killing for one reason or another and he also admits to trying to pay an acquaintance to provide him the whereabouts of his ex-girlfriend wow yeah which thankfully didn't work but mm-hmm. he did go on to say if i find out where she lives she's on the list Um, in his tapes, he also claims to have had two accomplices in his arsons, but police say that they investigated those people thoroughly and that they're not suspects. Matheny goes on to say that having an accomplice is inconsistent for a serial killer anyway, which.
0: (sighs) He calls himself a serial killer. No. Okay.
1: Um, this is, he doesn't call himself a serial killer, but the Mm -hmm. FBI. Okay. mm, When they finally do get involved, decide that he is based on all the information they have. Okay. Yeah.
0: Boy, uh, Clarksburg and serial killers. for such a small town. We've got a few. Yeah. That's impressive. Um,
1: Because Childers killed more than two people, both male and female, at different times and places with different motives, he also committed other crimes, such as the series of arsons and taunted and challenged the police. That's why the FBI thought he... Well, didn't think. Fits the profile. They, they said yeah. he fits the profile to be a serial killer. Um, Schaefer, um, one of the other officers working this case, said the accomplice accusations may have been um, nothing more than an angry man taking one last shot at people that he felt had wronged him, which may or may not be true. And I'm no expert by any means, but... I'm pretty sure there are serial killers with accomplices, and I think ruling mm-hmm. out accomplices, because it doesn't fit a serial killer,
0: maybe, is silly. There have definitely, I, I'm trying to think who off the top of my head, but um, there have definitely been serial killer couples, or at least people who committed mass murder who were together. Um I guess that I guess that might be two different things. But yeah, I, I think that is I think that's a bad idea to discount the idea of, of a serial killer not acting alone. <laughs> that's yeah. Okay.
1: So the sheriff gets involved and within an hour of him getting involved and you know, listening to the tapes and mm-hmm. actually reading, they'd found Carolyn's body. They got all of the detectives involved and began working the case immediately. And they felt at this point they'd had they had enough probable cause to obtain an arrest warrant on Childers for the murder and arson fires both because they have a confession. They have a body um, exactly where he said it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But during the manhunt for this man, he um, stopped by his own home, which apparently they didn't decide to look in for some reason um, and cut the tree branches that his neighbor had complained were hanging over his fence.
0: So, there's a manhunt going on for him, and he's out in his yard pruning his tree? Correct. Oh, man. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, The police manhunt (laughs) led them to Townhouse East, where they found the vehicle of one of Childers' victims. They approached the motel room that they found out he was staying in, and of course they knocked, as one does. Um... But after hearing nothing and then a gunshot, they decided forced entry was maybe the way to go. Um, They found that he had taken his own life with a single gunshot wound to the back of his head, which they said the back of his head. And I immediately started questioning it. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to see like the autopsy report or just the general medical examiner's workup because I don't care who you are. You can't gunshot yourself to the back of the head.
0: I mean, it would it would be kind of difficult, uh, I guess, if you if
1: you're gonna blow your brains out, you're gonna be yeah. simple about it.
0: Yeah, you're gonna go from the front. You're yeah, that that's odd. I said that in the most callous way I possibly could. Yeah, have, I realized, but yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this is like there's so much about this that doesn't make any sense. Why? I'm like...
1: wondering if someone misspoke here, or if they literally gunshot wound to the back of the head sounds like execution style Mm -hmm. in that specific description. And they were just like, "Eh, good enough.
0: So my, so my thing with it is I don't, it's so, it's so like, can I, so lay lay this out really quick. Just, just, just just follow me here on this. So you have committed crimes, very serious crimes. Let's say you've committed a murder. Okay. Let's say you've done that. And let's say that you decide that you want to come clean about it. Okay? First of all, they keep saying that he taunted the police. He mm-hmm. sent basically one letter and a tape and admitted to everything and knew he would get caught. And it sounds like during the manhunt, he didn't even bother trying to run. So that's not really even a manhunt. He was just kind of there. He was just there. Waiting for him. Like, to me, taunting the police is what the letters from jack the ripper did. taunting the police are what the, the letters zodiac. from the zodiac did right that that to me is taunting the police sending stuff to the local paper doing things like that he just sent a confession yeah he taunted them in his confession but in, he just sent a in confession in his
1: confession he basically did tell them that you guys are taking way too long to find me
0: yeah it's <laughs> like, like i'm bo- i'm i'm ta- I, I figured you guys would be here already this-
1: since the 90s
0: so you do this okay you commit this crime okay Correct. you've killed somebody every all right? other sunday and Correct. you decide that you want to essentially turn yourself in you're going to send mm-hmm. something and say listen i'm done here you go here's what i did are you then going to be like now i'm gonna i'm gonna do this but before i do i'm gonna do the responsible thing and go trim the tree that's bothering the neighbor he's a nice guy um you go trim the tree then go Back to your hotel, where you know you're going to get caught and then shoot yourself in the back of the head, there is so much about that that doesn't make any sense at all that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense at all I'm, I'm not I'm not saying they're wrong i mean you could you could shoot yourself in the back of the head, but I agree with you it with doesn't, a twenty
1: two revolver it does pretty long,
0: so it depends on the twenty two they do make some really short ones okay um but if it's a revolver, no, it would. I think it would have to be at the barrel. Would, it, it would have to be the pretty longer large.
1: barrel, right? Yeah, because
0: most small twenty two. I just I've cracked seen, my back
1: trying to. Yeah, our little, our
0: little like snub nosed pistols, mm-hmm. and also, and I hate to be callous about this, so I apologize because I have had a friend who did commit suicide and use a twenty two. But I'm I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible: a twenty two makes no sense to kill yourself with because. All a twenty a twenty two. The is same reason
1: to, it didn't make sense for the Zodiac.
0: It's it's going to give you it's going to put you in more pain than it is anything else because it's it's not a high caliber enough weapon to be that effective as a killing machine. It can kill, but as a killing tool, it's not the most effective. So there's several things about that that just sound odd to me. So sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, no you're totally fine because you aren't even at the part where I hit my soapbox. Mm, I okay. can't wait for it. So, on the day of his suicide, several of his neighbors described him as friendly and outgoing and quick to help people. Um, but in their investigations, they, that's when they discovered that Childers was considering three, killing three different law enforcement officers. In his notes, he described the gun that he carried and the specific incidents where he could have killed specific police officers and a sheriff's deputy when he came into contact with them. It was less of a threat and more of a boast. Just him showing, probably, that he was smarter than the police, which I can't argue with right now.
0: Not from what I'm hearing. Um, I mean, Um, I don't... Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the next day, police cadaver dogs were dispatched to the farm to look for more bodies. According to the tape, there were at least three other people... Because he told them he was only going to tell them about five of his crimes, regardless, even though there were more. No other remains were found on the farm. And Fifteen months after the suicide, investigators remained stymied. Um, uncertain whether his claim to have murdered three prostitutes was fact or fiction. Prosecutor Joe Schaefer said, when you work in law enforcement, you can walk into your office, have a clear desk, but cases like this are always going to be sitting right in front of you. There's not a week that's gone by that we haven't talked about this case. And at a certain point, you want to quit waiting on somebody to come forward, so you throw a line out there to see what you can catch. Childers never named the three women that he allegedly killed, and the prostitutes in the area were known by police at the time. Probably still are. Um, None of the missing purses cases ever um, have been linked to Childers. It is uncertain, however, that the women that he alleged to have killed... um, actually were prostitutes it's just an assumption just what he part. said
0: yeah and he he said it too right he said about at least one of them
1: um yes okay. at least one of them i believe that might have been carrie lynn but i'd mm-hmm. have to go back and read my yeah name. it
0: was one of the two that you mentioned
1: yeah i'm um, pretty sure that it wasn't his no. on and off again off again girlfriend um authorities have repeatedly searched the 96 acre farm unable to find any more bodies um Childers claimed to have buried them really deep and several yards apart. The area is incredibly remote and wooded because it's West Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's Braxton County, actually, so of course it is. Yeah. Um, originally, um, Sergeant Michael Bayless, he at the time was the public information officer for the West Virginia State Police, um, said that troopers would search the family farm again in late fall, early winter when the underbrush finally died off um however that didn't happen and sergeant jw bonazzo of the sutton detachment of the state police was in charge of it at this point and said it would likely be the early spring stating that he couldn't provide an exact date because it depended on snow and manpower um and as it stood the deep snow prevented a thorough search Um, When the journalist asked why the search hadn't been done before the snow, Bonazzo, which I'm sure I'm saying your name wrong and I apologize, um, said that he was attempting to get all of his information together about the case in order to conduct a more organized search, stating that officials are also trying to get a ground penetrating radar for the search of the property, And saying, we're going to treat this investigation like there are more bodies out there until we find out one way or another. This is my personal soapbox moment
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where they didn't search in the fall or winter. It's now over a year later and they're still not searching. And this is this is in 2010 when they're still not searching. Wow. We're in 2022 and there's no update on this case.
0: No update at all. No one. Nothing followed that up I've found. This.
1: Nothing wow. that I've found. But because it is Man. such a local crime, um, it's surprisingly difficult to find information. Um,
0: we honestly, we should just reach out to law enforcement and ask. We could. Has anyone followed up on this? Because that's that's insane. I mean, you're telling me there could be there could be additional bodies. Buried on his farm. And we well, had no clue. Farm.
1: And I don't know that the family is allowing people back on the property. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of my information did come from what was meant to be a three-part documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and only the first part was posted. Mm-hmm. And that was over a year ago. So I don't, I don't know. But I do know that they were unable to go shoot any video footage on the farm because the family refused them and police refused to help them do that, which, of course, they would. Why would they do that? It'd be silly for
0: a documentary. Yeah.
1: Like, but anyway, I've got just a little bit more information.
0: That's nuts, though. I mean, that's wild that we're, like... I I to. I hate to say it like this, but... if Get on your soapbox. What if they found out there was a congressman who had gone missing and was buried on that farm they dig up the whole goddamn farm to try to find their body but because it's some maybe prostitutes from clarksburg west virginia Mm -hmm. they're like okay let's not worry about it like uh, like it just it feels like one of those things where well their family hasn't complained nobody's reported them missing so they who don't cares? have a family, so um, who yeah they, so all you're doing is proving that stupid thing i've heard before like yeah have you ever had the friend who's like if i were going to be a serial killer i would kill drifters and prostitutes because no one will miss them and i'm always like you're gross for saying that like <laughs> you know what i mean like that's stupid
1: but statistically accurate they're
0: correct and that pisses me off like mm-hmm. oh okay I'll shut
1: up. Oh, your soapbox isn't over, my dude. All right. So, the local police, like we talked about, did call in the FBI Criminal Behavior Unit, and I'm so excited about this. So, I don't know. if It's obvious, but I love crime shows, and Criminal Minds was always my favorite. Okay. All um, right. Incredibly nostalgic for me, and I swear to God, if Matthew Gray Goobler, like, walked in here, I would leave Michael immediately. Ah. I would leave my husband. That said. His...
0: his- <laughs> His name cracks me up every time right I hear I
1: know, and it's I don't so even bad. care. He's so weird. Okay, uh, let's get off the topic okay. of what I'm talking about right now. Okay, and talk about the fact that Matthew Gray Goobler, in his fireplace, there's a place where he can, where he has a brick that he can remove, mm-hmm. and he collects the teeth of his friends. Like if his friends have dental work and a tooth removed, he asks to have it. And he just sticks it inside this little hole in his fireplace, and it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And he might be a serial killer too.
0: Um, like FBI profilers, please reach out to Matthew Gray Goobler. Is that his name? Yeah, here's talk the talk to him.
1: It's in a documentary. He also what? collects kimonos.
0: Well, the kimonos are fine. That's just, that's not to me. That's not serial killer behavior. It unless might he's be. unless he's wearing them while he's petting a dog, talking to someone who's in a pit. <laughs> but uh, the. The two thing has got me concerned.
1: It's weird, right? And I someone... still leave Michael right now if he walked in.
0: Okay, I would. All right, I would not leave Michael for him. But uh...
1: you're better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Michael knows it's fine. Yeah,
0: it's fun. Sure, right, I'm sure he's okay with it. Uh, now, Joe Montagna, he comes walking through that door.
1: I actually know someone who met him on a plane once.
0: Smoke show.
1: Oh my God, nicest dude on earth too.
0: Yeah, Joe Montagna, I'm coming for you. All right. I just pointed at the, I just did two finger guns, and it was amazing. Um, Okay, sorry, go ahead.
1: All right, we needed that. We needed to lighten the mood
0: here. Yeah, because that pissed me off. I didn't mean to.
1: All right, so the criminal behavior unit was asked to do a profile so that they could have an idea of what they were actually dealing with um, because they didn't have anyone they could interview since he Yeah committed suicide yeah probably in air quotes um
0: or maybe the person that he committed the crimes with killed him
1: no because serial killers don't have accomplices Oh uh,
0: yes um
1: <laughs> i'm gonna quote from the audio tape again you can analyze and think all you want and get some of the greatest minds in the world which i know you're not because i'm just a small town killer but don't judge me because you don't know my life I don't want to get caught by the police. I don't want to sit around in an interrogation room and you fucking guys talk your shit to me and you none and 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 you know <laughs> he, it was much longer when he said it he was he's he had a very drawn mm-hmm. southern West Virginia way about him, and I speak way too fast for that so um, he goes on to say, you can't judge me you might think I'm a bad person and you might be right. But you can't judge how I became the way I am. When I killed that Carolyn Baker a long time ago, which at this point when he was doing this recording, it was literally like a year.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's be
1: clear about that. Um, I got away with that. No problem. Could have gotten away with Carolyn sour wine, too. But listen, I have to be stopped. And I can't keep on killing like this. I get these urges. When I killed Carrie Lynn Baker, I felt like crying and I felt downtrodden. I felt like, you know what? That went away. <laughs> and I wanted to kill again. This is, um, this is where the FBI labeled Childers as a serial killer based on characteristics that they gleaned from reviewing these audio tapes in the notes he sent. They also described him as egotistical. FBI investigations reveal that the um, cause of death of Cecil... Um, Hill was foul play. The day before his death, Mr. Hill had redone his will, leaving everything to James Childers, his handyman. Mm. And the last person to see him alive was James.
0: So it sounds like James killed at least three people. At least.
1: That's... Yes. He had some contact with the authorities um, after having air quotes, found Mr. Hill. Hill was found dead in his residence, but the incident didn't get investigated as a homicide. It was actually originally ruled as unattended death. The Clarksburg police provided information pertaining to the investigation of the Childers murders, as well as some other unattended deaths in the area to the FBI's behavioral science unit, and after reviewing the information, the FBI named Childers as the prime suspect in Hill's death. There's a whole rampage rant on this documentary. I, I call it a rampage rant, but it is just minutes of Officer Matheny talking about how hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. But let me let me tell you this again. The day before he died, Mr. Hill changed his will to leave the sole beneficiary his to his handyman. His handyman's the sole beneficiary, and that is the man <laughs> who found him dead.
0: And, and we didn't look into it. And
1: he was so charming when he talked to the police that they were just like, unattended death, stamp that as something we don't have to investigate, move along. Even though even the medical examiner felt that his death was odd.
0: But didn't do anything about it.
1: Nobody did anything about it, because the police didn't want to investigate it.
0: Great. Excellent. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. They did say that the case was significantly more difficult to investigate now, because it had been six years before the FBI, like, six years before Mr. Hill was murdered, before the FBI ruled it as prime suspect. Wow and the officer on the case said that he expected the case to remain open unless someone came forward with more information about the manner of death. What do you mean? I don't, you know what, I don't want to make enemies with the local authorities, but what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Manner of death. Did did no one take notes? They just looked at it, went, nope, stamped it, and buried it, And then
0: just moved on. Yeah, that's exactly what what it sounds like happened.
1: Like, yeah. no one looked at it? hmm yeah. I had a relative pass away recently mm-hmm. and <laughs> he had to be sent away for an autopsy because they thought maybe it could have been foul play, even though everything pointed to it being a heart his heart.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, and they, they checked anyway. I mean that's it's it's good that they did. No, I know, a hundred percent. I
1: like totally agree with that. But
0: what? Man. Yeah, that's so I I guess he just had a lot of he just had a, I guess He just played it nice with the local police, and they just... He rolled really high on
1: charisma. He must have been a bard. He must have been, yeah. Like, um, so people from all across the country, once this actually made the news, um, began calling the Harrison County Sheriff's Department regarding missing cases, and the local authorities say that they've looked into as many as possible, trying to connect Childers to one of them, Mm -hmm. but haven't come up with any connections to anyone specific, um, except... An accused prostitute named Kenneth from the Clarksburg, West Virginia area, Um, he was found murdered. A rape kit was performed on him, but then it was later lost. Okay. No DNA was taken from Jim Childers prior to his cremation.
0: Wait, what? You heard me. They got no DNA evidence from someone who admitted to murdering people? In 2009.
1: This isn't even like the 80s.
0: You're talking... A decade ago at this point, just a hair over a decade ago. And they didn't think to get any evidence and they didn't gather any physical. Okay.
1: we so I've listened to several cases where in the 70s, DNA was connected, like, sorry, collected with the the thought that this will maybe someday be able to be tested in a way that we can utilize it. And it's solved cases.
0: Yeah, it has. Several times. And they
1: collected zero DNA from a body right in front of them and let it be cremated. Yeah, so <laughs> um, once Kenneth had been identified, the Harrison County PD um, looked back at the records and found um, more cases that they felt they could link James to, like Kenny Wiseman. Um, the scene of Kenny Wiseman's death made Matheny think... It appeared suspicious, but the medical examiner ruled it as a medical death. However, unofficially, police thought that he had had sex prior to or was having sex when he died. And whoever he was with didn't want to be seen or caught by police, so they left before authorities arrived. When they were processing the scene, looking for signs or proof that anyone had come and gone, they theorized that he and Childers may have had some type of relationship. But remember, Childers, I ain't gay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made sure to call that out, so mm-hmm. he's probably not.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know,
0: that's if you if you have if you have to be that adamant about it, that's super straight. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what
0: the fuck? Yeah. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Matheny said that this was a shock to the community as several community members knew and worked with James, and he is quoted in saying, "I've never dealt with something like this before." Um. He said that Childers took a lot of information with him that would have been very helpful.
0: Yeah, I mean his DNA. <coughs> me. His DNA. He took his DNA with him. We yeah. could have gotten it. That way we could try to tie him to some of these crimes. But Correct. Now we're screwed. Well,
1: I mean it doesn't matter because they couldn't have tested it against Kenneth because um they his rape kit, kit was lost. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's me on my soapbox being as not wanting to attack the local police as possible.
0: I mean, I'm not going to attack them, but I'm, I'm going to say, like, if just, they, if they didn't like... learn from this, it's a big problem. I mean, this is, this is, you had a, I mean, you had a serial killer right here, right under your nose. You, we let him by forever, which I get. He's charismatic. He didn't, and I, I agree with, you know, if there's, if there's no suspicion, you can't just assume someone would do something. I, I get all of that stuff. Um, but...
1: I can be pretty understanding with most of it, but here's the thing. And this goes back to what I said about the VA, mm-hmm. if you remember that episode. yes, So many people dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. It was so irresponsible of so many. And while it would have been like, pff, whatever, had it been one person dropping the ball. But we had an entire department, not even just our local our state police mm-hmm. all dropping the ball on this, and we may never get any answers.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to.
1: And I, I hope that we do, and I hope that someone with the Doe Network or really anywhere can help with this, because there are people there that he may or may not have killed, and we'll never know for sure.
0: Right yeah the um whoever whoever is responsible for opening that farm up to allow it to be checked if that's the case needs to needs to do it because there could be families out there looking for closure that could get some closure from it so um yeah I just i'm I'm not gonna call anyone bad names or do anything like that, but at the same time I feel like I want to because that's sad that's just really sad so
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it at irresponsible it is. Because here's the thing all I'm saying is, if I got somebody's order wrong, I get yelled at for 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. and the ball got dropped on a serial killer.
0: Oh, yeah, in a big way. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for main corpse today. (laughs) Um, so, So, where can you find our amazing podcast?
1: All right. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor iHeartRadio, Radio, Amazon, and most places where you can find amazing podcasts. You can also find us, unfortunately for you. And didn't you want to talk yeah. just a little bit about a charity today?
0: I do. Um, so I am originally from uh, right on the border of West Virginia and Kentucky. I got a lot of family um, over in Kentucky. And if you guys have seen anything on the news, you know that they, uh, specifically Eastern Kentucky, is going through... Um, they're they're going through uh, hell right now with these with these floods, and there is a local chef who we absolutely love. I'm not going to name drop him because I don't know that he he wants me to, but um, I absolutely love the man. I love his work. I love his food, and he is working with an organization called Mercy Chefs um, on going to Eastern Kentucky and preparing meals and making sure that people um, get to eat, who are going through these uh, these you know tough times right now. Um, you can make a 100% tax deductible donation right through their website, which is mercychefs.com. Um, I'm going to ask Brittany to, uh, put the link on there. We are not affiliated with them in any way. Um, I just was reading about them, um, and I, I looked up kind of their credentials and, and everything. And they, they look to be, um, just a wonderful, wonderful organization. I'm going to throw a little money towards them, um, in the name of, uh, main corpse. Um, and do the right thing for that. Uh, And your gift of $35 can feed 10 people, and a gift of 70 can feed five families uh, four delicious chef-prepared meals and make them feel a little more human in a really tough time. So if you can make a donation, please go make a donation. Um, You don't have to make it in our name. Please don't make it in your name, whatever you want to do. And if there are any other... um, you know, groups that are down there helping right now. Um, I can also think of uh, one called Hickman Holler Foundation. They're doing some really good work. Um, look any of them up, just, just give some money to some of those local charities because they're going through some tough times right now. Um, as a matter of fact, I just got back from what is normally a big family gathering. Several members of my family were missing because they are currently in Kentucky working to help their friends dig out from, uh, from these floods. So, um, let's get some help down there and, uh, you know, spread a little bit of love. All right. I all right. That's
1: all for us. We talked about a lot of shitty stuff today we did. and we finished it <laughs> off with talking about something <laughs> on, really great
0: on a high note. The yeah. next episode you're going to hear is not going to be this heavy. Um, because well, thank God
1: for that. I
0: am going into a modern legend that I want to talk about. Let's do it. All right. This has been main corpse. Say creepy. Bye guys.